Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. It's the morning after the first presidential debate of 2020. And I'm going to take today's broadcast and kind of give you a preacher's point of view of how that all went. Before we get into that, let me just give you a quick an announcement, a heads up. Next week, we start our fall fundraising campaign. And we've lowered our goal from $20,000 to $15,000. We've got just that one week from the October the 5th through the 9th to raise it. So be in prayer and be ready for those of you who support us. And if you're a new listener or maybe you've listened to us for a while but haven't dived in to join us and partner with us and help us with a one-time gift, maybe uh, next week you'll be able to join in and help us. And, and so that will begin on Monday. Well, let's get into it here. Let me give you my comments of about the debate. I was asked before the debate, who do you think is going to win? Well, my reply is, well, probably who you already support. That's probably who's, in your mind, who's going to win the debate. And I think coming out of it there, I think that's exactly who won the debate, who you already are rooting for. Will someone from the middle, from the middle ground who isn't, who's undecided, and there are still those out there, I'm sure, would that debate persuade them? I kind of don't think so. In fact, actually, I think the debate was uh, disappointing. Uh, Too much interruption from both sides, more from Trump. I think the big question, though, at least for me and many others, perhaps, was going to be how will Biden fare? Is he really up for the challenge? Is he mentally unstable? Does he have the cognizance to fight to the end? And I think Trump's strategy was to rattle him, try to wear him down. And quite honestly, I think Biden fared well. Honestly, I I don't think he slipped. I think that, you know, near the middle, I think I could see a little bit of weariness there. But I think he held on and he performed well for that side of it there, not slipping. Uh, For that, I give Biden a point. And I would take away a point from Trump, actually, because of his performance. I think he was, um, I I, I think Trump is frustrated and he vented in the debate. And I think we saw the side of him as frustration and venting. And I don't think that served him well. So actually, I give uh, Biden a point and, and a minus point for Trump. But let's look at the substance of the debate. Uh, what what did they say and uh, did they score any points? Well, I think Trump scored a point when he pressed Biden in the early remarks there about signing the manifesto and siding with um, Bernie and the socialist. And uh, the, the first section was supposed to be dealing with the Supreme Court appointee and it kind of slipped into health care. In that discussion, I think Trump was accurate in saying that he's lost the left. When Biden came out and said, I'm the Democrat Party, I'm going to go for my health plan, not Bernie's, basically. He was saying, we're not going to go that way. Which shows us that 
Biden said whatever he had to say to get the nomination of the Democrats, to get the radical left to get behind him and stop fighting for Bernie, because Biden said, listen, I'll go with your plan. And now he's saying, I'm not. And so basically we see a flip-flop there. Sadly, this really wasn't made clear in the debate, but that's what's going on. For that, I give, I give Trump a point there. Uh, Name-calling. This was a surprise. Uh, you'd expect that coming from Trump, wouldn't you? But no, I didn't see the name-calling coming from Trump, but Biden, boy, he was at it. Calling Trump a clown, calling him a racist, calling him a liar. Now, let me get into this thing, the liar bit. I mean, let me quote Biden in the very early minutes. He said, everyone knows he's a liar. And this is the left's tactic. Anything that Trump says, it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. And I wish Chris Wallace would press. I wish the media would press these people. Where? How? What's the proof? What's and But they don't do it. And I think the media is missing their job. Now, Chris Wallace had a job on his hands because there was just a scrap out there between the two. It was a, it was a brow. And he tried to keep the course. I wish they would allow the two to have more discussion between each other. Some of that debate seemed to be between Chris Wallace and President Trump instead of President Trump and Biden. Um, Let me comment on this because they brought up the ending because Trump brought an end to the racial sensitivity training, and I'm glad he did. That's nothing but a liberal attempt to try to change America, to teach young people to hate America. In other words, basically, this racial sensitivity training teaches people that if you're white and if you're male, your voice doesn't matter. You're a bigot, you're a racist. But if you're a woman, your 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 opinions matter. If you're a minority, if you're black or another color or some ethnicity, then you get another point and your your opinions matters. If you are of a sexual deviation or perversion or other sorts there, then your opinions matter because you're more of a minority. But if you're, you know, uh, all three of these things, then boy, we ought to worship what you say. But if you're white and if you're male, we don't care what you have to say. Ending that, that racial sensitivity training was good for America. And I hope that, you know, that people start understanding that. Um... But sadly, in these debates, we can't quite um, get to the bottom of these things there. Uh, Talking about law and order, uh, very clearly, President Trump's going to score big time there. And I think he did well in pressing Biden. Name one law and order group that supports you. And clearly, Biden couldn't come up with anything there. And uh, that should be... I think, a point for Trump in that area there. Um, and another point I think we should go for Trump on this there, because he was asked, Biden was asked this question, you know, have you ever called the Oregon, you know, um, uh, mayor and uh, or uh, governor and the mayor there in Portland there and encouraged them to shut down the riots and all that kind of stuff. And what was Biden's response to that? Well, I'm not in public office, you know, and it's not my position. Well, he's running for president. He's running for, you know, he he could step out there. He could get out there and say, listen, we need to shut down this violence. We need to get this stuff to an end. And to deflect like that is um, was weak. And I think that 
gives Trump a point. Um, when it came to the climate, uh, of course, Trump's not going to come out very strong on that. But coming, making the point that look at what this is going to cost. If we go into that area, I wished Trump had brought up Solyndra and all the failed policies that the that Obama and Trump had tried to do during their administration and how it cost millions of dollars and it lost America money and nothing was performed. That should have been brought out. And so Trump, I think, failed in that to bring that up. But he did do well in bringing up the, what the cost would be for this Green New Deal, $100 trillion and stuff. And Biden saying, well, listen, that's not necessarily my plan. My plan is different. The Biden plan is not quite that. But it's going to bring all these jobs, all this money. And here's the question that should have been uh, played to him. Who's going to pay for these things? You see, the liberals have this idea that the government's going to give people jobs. Well, where does the government get the money for these things? It gets it from the taxpayer. So they stick their hands in, in the people's pockets and and they think that's going to help our country then the last bit of the election or rather of the debate was about the election confidence can we have confidence that once the decision has made that transfer of power will you trump will you stand down will you give assurances and tell your people uh not to you know um, go to the streets and rally well the, the conservatives aren't doing that um, he was asked, would you deny white privilege and all that type of stuff? I think Trump missed an opportunity. He missed an opportunity to make some clarity there and, um, and didn't, uh, denounce white supremacy, which he has in the past. He has made that clear, but he's not very good at making that clear. But let me try to make something clear that needs to be cleared up. The mail-in ballot, there are five states in America that already do a mail-in ballot. Uh, Washington State's one of those. And so I voted that way before. And these, these states have taken five years. As, you know, many people say this thing is a long time to get it right, but, um, but we've got it now. Now, to throw the rest of the nation into that type of system, it takes time, and we're already seeing a mess of it. And so when you get a ballot that you've not asked for, it's unsolicited, and it gives more opportunity, and your state doesn't usually vote that way. It gives opportunity for people to vote twice, to vote in, send in a ballot. That, and, and some people are getting two of them. Some of them are getting them, it's not even got their name on it correctly. And so it's only going to create, uh, these ballots are going to be thrown out because there's mistakes. And so it's going to create more and more trouble. We, we've created a problem, a, a nest. And so... Trump is right to say, listen, we got a problem here, and it's going to take a while, and it may take the courts to decide it. And so now a solicited ballot, you're going to be absentee. You can't come in. You can't vote on the day. You can't do uh, pre-voting, whatever. And you ask for a solicited ballot. Many states have been doing this for years, and there's a system to keep it right. So that's a safer system. But an unsolicited ballot coming to you without asking for it uh, allows a person to vote twice. They can vote, send that in, and then go in and vote, and no one's the wiser. 
and it creates uh, potential fraud, and that's what we certainly don't want to have happen. So, folks, um, how did the debate go? Well, it wasn't presidential. It was a brawl. Did it win the hearts? Did it win people's votes that are in the middle? I doubt it. I think if you're already persuaded one way or the other, uh, you're just going to root for your candidate. Um, What will this mean for the election? Well, here's the big thing, folks. When it's all said and done, God is going to either give America the president that they need or the president that they deserve. This is really truly a choice between parties that stand for good and a party that stands for evil. And if you haven't figured that out yet, which party is evil and which party stands for good, I'm not, not saying that the good that stands for good, they're perfect or they're all God-honoring. No, that's not going to be the case. But their policies, their platform is either going to be good or evil. And if you haven't figured that out yet, um, you need to listen to this program a little bit more, I think. And um, in my prayer, every election is, God, please don't give our nation what we deserve. Give us what we need. Now, is Trump a perfect candidate? No, but his platform is rooted in what's going to be more biblical and good for our nation. And the other party is rooted in what's going to be evil and wrong for our nation. And I think if we have a Biden win, I think we're going to see our country slip more into God's judgment. And that's what I fear. That's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you.